Hello, this is Pastor Bob Gray. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast here at Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. I trust the services will be a blessing to you. If I can do anything for you, please let me know. You can find our information on the website at ebclongview.com. Let's go right into the services of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Enjoy God's Word. Take your Bibles and go to Galatians chapter 5. I think the Lord knew all of us needed this this morning. I've enjoyed church. I've enjoyed just everything. My heart is full. And uh, Galatians chapter 5, Galatians chapter 5, we're going to look at verse number 16 through verse number 26. There are all kinds of different kinds and styles of sermons uh, that one could preach. I love them all. Um, I try to... uh, make sure uh, that I don't run from a certain style or whatever. I just do what the Lord wants to do. But if I were to have a rather, this is the type of sermon that I would rather preach a hundred times over. I love sermons and truths to where when you leave here, it's a tool that you can take and you can put in that toolbox for your spiritual life, that long after the lights are shut off in this room, that you can walk away going, now, now I, I, I can use that in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It is something that long after um, you and I have passed off the scene, God's word liveth and abideth forever, and the truths of God's word are amazing, and it's something that we can use. Heavenly Father, Lord, we have entered into the sacred time of the preaching of your word. Lord, the name Emmanuel means God with us. I know you're always with us. I know you're always present. But Lord, thank you for our hearts right now being in tune with that. And God, I ask as we march through the text of the day and we go through the truth of what we have, that we would walk out knowing that this is not supposition or theory. This is your word on the subject. And God, whenever you give your word and you give the definites, then, then, then we can take it to the bank and we can implement it with full assurance that this is your word that's talking. And Lord, I ask that you'll bless um, those who are ill, that are watching online, those who are homebound, and to be with our members who are on vacation. But Lord, in this house right here, right now, Would you do something in us? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. These are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. I want to give you my title this morning, and that is this, you can live the victorious Christian life. You can live. Everybody listen to the pastor this morning. You can live. You are not a victim. You are a victor. How many know you're saved? Raise your hand. How many were there the day you got saved? Raise your hand. Then know this, you can live. You can live. There's a lot of verses jumping in my spirit right now, and probably one of my favorite verses is there in the book of Proverbs where it says, the just man 
falleth seven times, and riseth again. But that verse right after it, I believe, it says this, lay not in wait. You know what that verse is saying? Don't, don't think that be, just because we fall that we've abandoned. Don't think because we've stumbled that we've given up. Oh, you can live the victorious Christian life. I want us to read this verse together out loud again. Are you ready? Verse 17. We didn't read it the first time, so let's read it the first time out loud. Are you ready? Galatians 5, 17. Let's read it. Ready? For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. Now, let's understand the book of Galatians, and this is so. The book of Galatians is nothing more than peering into where the average Christian lives. The book of Galatians starts out this way, if you'll kind of flip back to Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. Let's kind of walk through a, a couple of verses here. Galatians chapter 1, verse 6, and uh, Joseph, can I use you? Would that be okay? Come stand right behind me. And uh, uh, Galatians chapter 1, verse 6, I got your name right. Okay, okay, so Joseph gets saved, gets baptized, starts coming, and for weeks, I would say, Joshua, how you doing? He would go, good pastor. I'm like, Joshua, how you doing? Good pastor. Josh, Jay, are you doing okay? How you doing good pastor? And then one day we're walking back, and he goes, you know my name's Joseph. And I was like, why didn't you say something before now? He goes, because you were having a good time calling me Joshua. So, okay. Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Now, now please notice the context here and notice the punctuation. Called unto another gospel. Then here's what he says, which is not another now, now, get what he's saying here, but there are be some that trouble you and would what, please, pervert the gospel. Many times we preach this in context of where, oh, it's the Mormons, it's the Jehovah, that's not what it's saying. What it is saying is, it's not another gospel, but they want to pervert the gospel. The gospel is more than just taking you to heaven. The gospel is what's to sustain you on this earth while you're on your way to heaven. And this is why we have problems in the Christ Christianity, and this is why we have this departing that's taking place because people are failing at the Christian life, and they think, man, then somebody else must corner the market on how to live out salvation. This is what was going on here. In the book of Galatians, he's telling them, look, they're, 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 this gospel, that, that ye were called into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would what? Pervert. What they're saying is they're trying to take the gospel that saved us and make it different than the gospel that sanctifies us. I'm speaking big words this morning. The gospel that saved you is the same gospel that sanctifies you. The gospel that makes you holy unto God because of Jesus Christ will make you holy until you meet God. This is the gospel. The believers were leaving the premise of Christ alone for salvation and sanctification to a gospel that preached Christ alone for salvation, but the perfecting of the flesh by the flesh for sanctification. 
What they literally are doing is saying salvation is of Christ, but sanctification is a result of doing better in the flesh. Ladies and gentlemen, your flesh is not saved. Your flesh will not be saved. Your flesh cannot be saved because flesh and blood cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. So the only thing your flesh can do is be changed. It's corrupt. It's depraved. All the problems you and I have throughout all the week to where we can't get living for Christ right, or you say the backslidden state. Somebody said, you know, do you Baptists believe in backsliding? He said, we don't even believe in it. We practice it. Amen. So, so, so backsliding, or I'm not as high today for Christ as I was yesterday. What is going on? It's because you're trapped in the flesh. You're going to be the flesh. You're, 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 you're going to be the safe anyways. Uh, so you're trapped, but, but understand this. Look, look at Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. So this gospel that's being perverted, it, they're, they're trying to tell you, oh, yeah, yeah, Christ saved you. Now you have this in the flesh. Oh, listen, the way we get saved is the way we're supposed to live. You got saved, nothing to do with you. You got saved because of the Spirit of God. You got saved with no goodness Guess how you're supposed to live? Has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with the Spirit of God. And when we rise to that level of salvation and understand how we got saved is how we are to live. And here's the proof text of it, Galatians 3. This is Arthur Carson's favorite verse. O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth before eyes, Jesus Christ have been evidently set forth and crucified among you. This only what I learn of you. Receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of what? Faith. Are ye so foolish? Look at this. Having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the what? Flesh. You know what the answer is? No. No. I am telling you, you can live the victorious Christian life. Go to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 7. So this is what the Galatians had the problem with, the inconsistency that they had, the inconsistency of believers that were trying to use the flesh to fix flesh. They thought the Spirit of God was only good for eternity and that the Spirit of God had no bearing on winning victories in the flesh. Oh, remember this, you'll still struggle every day you live, but it is possible to live victoriously. Not sinlessly, but victoriously. Do we not all admire people that we look at and go, how, how, do they, how do they become such a great Christian? There is a reason for that. And so you and I, as we walk through here, look at Galatians 5, 7. It's throughout the book of Galatians. Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? Ladies and gentlemen, your salvation is not up for negotiation and your sanctification is not up for negotiation because how you got saved is how you're supposed to live. Your eternity and your earthly. And everybody here can live a victorious, vibrant Christian life. You say, but you don't understand what I've been through. Everybody here can live a vibrant, victorious Christian life. Well, you don't understand things that have happened. Everybody here can live a vibrant, victorious Christian life. 
Want to know why? Because it has nothing to do with your flesh or your circumstance. It has everything to do with the Spirit of God that lives on the inside of you. If you weren't good enough to get saved, you're not good enough to live a victorious Christian life, but he is able to save you, and he is able to make you victorious, and everybody here needs to go out a victor for the Lord Jesus Christ. This is how we're supposed to live. So you find here, then, then in, in, in this book of, of that Galatians 5, you did run well. You did run well. Would you please go to Romans chapter 7 and verse number 18. Jacob, can I use you? Where'd Jacob go? Can I use you, man? Would that be okay? Come on. Junior usher, come on down. And uh, I appreciate the uh, teenagers uh, of our church, and I don't want them to wait to get involved. Amen? And uh, he ushers right back there with his daddy. Praise the Lord on that. You're going to be the flesh. You got it? And I am not trying to insult your intelligence today, but I am going to use an object lesson. The day you got saved, and, and I can't think of a better person to pick for this than you, okay? Before you got saved, Joseph, before you got saved, you only had one master, and that was the flesh. So before you got saved, you, according to Romans chapter 7, were a servant of the flesh, okay? So when the flesh, the flesh was doing nothing more than dragging you to where you probably didn't want to go. This was the flesh. By the way, all of you were this before salvation. You say, well, I really didn't get into gross sins. You want to know why? Because you had a good mom and daddy that would whoop you between here and the edge of eternity and I don't understand it when they say, I'm going to whoop you within an inch of your life. Who has that ruler? <laughs> but if you're sitting here, if you have any pompous attitude in you that says, well, the Lord saved me from a Christian home. No, the Lord didn't save you from a Christian home. The Lord saved you from a depraved, rotten sinner, and you just didn't have time to get there. But that flesh, just start dragging him that way. That flesh is trying to pull him. But one day, back up here, one day he got saved. And when he got saved, then all of a sudden, brother, can I use you on the very end? Is it, is it Charles? Is it right there? Is it Charles? Yes, sir, you, you. Is it Robert? How could I forget that kind of name? Y'all, this is not my day. I got a Robert, a Charles, and I got a Charles, a Robert. And Hey, are you, are you there? Go back to Galatians, if you will, chapter 5. And again, if I am insulting your intelligence and you came looking for a deep sermon, it doesn't get any deeper than salvation and it doesn't get any deeper than sanctification. Amen, amen, amen. We're going to let you be the Spirit of God. All right? You see, you just let some rope out and go to the edge. There you go. Before you and I got saved, nobody had to teach us how to do wrong. Are y'all okay? Because the, nobody had to teach your children how to like. You start pulling that way. Want to know why? The flesh taught them. The, the flesh taught them. You, you know, when them kids get quiet in the back room and can't hear them, they're not praying, people. They are like up to no good. Who taught them how to do that? Their mother did. That's who taught them how to do that. No. Oh, but the day. But the day... 
that you got saved. Oh, my friend, that day you got the spirit of the living God on the inside and your problems picked up. Joe and Julia, this explains why all hell broke loose at your house after you got saved. Like three days of it. I'm going to testify just a little bit on your behalf. Three days of it. Joe decided, I'm out. Julia's like sat on the couch. She didn't eat. She just drank water for three days, had her Bible. And then all of a sudden he comes back in and says, I'm sorry. All this happened in here. The devil lost soldiers and we just can't let him win. And we're going to church the next week. You want to know why? You were doing good till you got saved. Look at Galatians chapter 5. Now you know why I love this kind of stuff. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other. Look at this. So that ye cannot do the things that ye would. Boy, don't you forget, your flesh is lying dormant right now because you're in church. Your flesh... Is, is, is lying dormant. You want to know why? Because you're in the house of the Lord. You are listening to a preacher of the gospel. You are hearing the word of God being preached. You are sitting still. You are zoned in on what's going on. And right now, just pull him that way. The spirit is pulling, but the flesh is lusting. The spirit is winning, but the flesh is lusting. You know what the flesh says? I wish they would sit still that long to watch bad stuff on TV. I wish they would be that interested. I wish they would get that dressed up to come. The flesh right now is lusting. And the moment you walk out of a service and walk out of where the spirit of God God is, is preeminent and alive, then guess what starts happening? The flesh starts pulling you, and you, haven't you walked out of, come on, let's just be honest right now, haven't you gone from the height of a service to being an idiot the next day? How many know exactly what I'm talking about? Haven't you seen your kids at teen convention, glory to God, and then Monday you're whooping the snot out of them, and you're like... Oh, has anything do any good at all? And the answer is yes. But the problem is, is on the inside of every one of us, just keep going back and forth. On the inside, on the, each one of us, is this contrariness. You know where it's at? You know it's contrary? Because the flesh is not wanting you to do the Spirit is not wanting you to do. They are lusting and envying over what you do. And when you get excited about a ball game and you get excited about that, and then you come to church and you sit like this, the Spirit's going, boy, I wish you would respond that way the way I wish. But when you come to church and you're like, oh, tears run down the eyes, and you don't do that to a Hallmark movie. Come on now. Do you see what's going on? It, 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 it's, it's like, it's like, how, how do I get so excited here? And then I don't hear, but then I get some, it, it's this battle. It's a contrariness, but you can live the victorious Christian life. You can do this. So, so go to Romans chapter seven and verse 18. I hate to make you use your Bibles, but we're going to use them. Go to Romans chapter seven and verse number 18. For I know that in me, now the, the, now the, the, the apostle Paul was, was probably the poster child that the New Testament focuses on for Christianity, if you will. 
But, but look what even the Apostle Paul said. And if you read this, this is the tongue twister, that which I should do, I don't do, that which I shouldn't do, that's what I do. Look at this, Romans chapter 7 and verse number 18. For I know that in me, that is in my, what please, flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. Do you know where the average believer is right now? Exactly where the Apostle Paul was in Romans chapter 7. Oh, I really want the Spirit to be, keep pulling. I really want the Spirit to pull me, and I want the flesh to drag. But that's not how it works. You know how it works most of the time? The flesh is dragging me everywhere. Just, just drag them around. Just drag them around. And guess what? It doesn't mean you're not saved. It just means the flesh, keep dragging, Jake. Just go all the way, make a circle. That means you're dragging. What? What? Know ye not that ye are the temple of the Holy Ghost? The reason there's not a close relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is because he said this, Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate. I will receive you. That's not salvation. That's relationship. Stop. But boy, isn't it wonderful when it's the other way? (laughs) Isn't it wonderful when the flesh is being drugged? The flesh is being drugged. The flesh is being drugged. Go ahead, go ahead, Robert. Keep dragging. And the, you, you, hey, the flesh doesn't go that willingly. There you go. Act like you don't want to go. There you, pull, pull, get some resistance. There you go. And, uh, and, and, and the spirit, you know who's paying for this sermon? <laughs> Joseph. And, uh, but, but, but this is what it is. But, but then all of a sudden, go back, reverse it. Then all of a sudden, come on. How many, this is your life? How many, this is your life right here? Sometimes that flesh is winning. Oh, you looked on Facebook, and now it's like, mm, I got a right to because I got scripture, and then the Spirit of God says, don't, go back the other way, and then you back off, and you're, listen, he said, in my flesh, come back up and reset, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. How to perform this, I find not. That's because at that moment, he didn't have the book of Galatians. We got the book of Galatians. So let's see what this does. Look at it. Go to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 17. So go back there. We know for the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary the one to the other so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. Let's just go with this premise right now. Listen. This is the Spirit of God. Kind of get the ropes tight. This is the Spirit of God. This is the flesh. We're doing good on time. The Spirit of God, the flesh. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Who are our enemies? The world, the flesh, and the devil. You have the leader, the devil. You have his kingdom, the world, and guess who you have as the pawns? The flesh. And so what the devil knows is, is that your flesh comes in with built-in depravity that will never be gotten rid of because the only thing saved on you is your soul and your spirit, not your flesh. And the mere fact that you and I are even sitting and standing here halfway decent and sane is not a credit to you. It's a credit to the power of the Spirit of God on the inside. Could you imagine what we would be without salvation? Y'all, we'd be messed up. 
we're messed up with salvation. Okay, Pharisees, take your halos and kind of put them to the side because your horns are coming through. (laughs) It's true. And so understand that now greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And here's what the average person does. Start pulling. Now, go take care of your flesh. Go, let him go, let him go. Go take care of him, go take care of him. Tell, tell him to stop, keep going. Keep going, flesh. Go, c- catch him, catch him, c- catch him. Go take care of him. Keep going. Get, 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 come on, do it in your own power. Do it your own strength. Get, get, okay, you found him. Okay, all right, good, good. Now, you fixed it all, didn't you? You fixed the flesh. You stopped him. Good, good job. But you know what the problem is? is that you're going to make a New Year's resolution. And then sick, you cat, well, you got that flesh day one. I'm not eating Twinkies the rest of this year. How many are right here with me? Is it quiet because all of us are identifying? Uh, but, but how long have you kept your last resolution? Some of you right now get up to six, six months and you're like, it's done. I got, <laughs> I'm just going to splurge for the next six months. I already blew it. Come on. Teen convention, camps. How long do they really last? We hope they last forever. We do. So, so come back. So most people read self-help books. They read 12 Steps to Better Your Marriage. They try everything, but that's not how you win the victorious and live the victorious Christian life. You can have a good marriage by man's principle, but you can't have a Christian marriage by man's principle. You're not looking to band-aid, you're looking to be victorious. How do you do this? China has calm. That's because they got men with guns. Quiet doesn't always mean you're winning. How do you do this? Go to Romans chapter 8 and verse 13. Mm, I love the book. Romans chapter 8. I'm sure God's like, oh, thank you. And uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 13. We are okay. I like to spend 90 minutes in the house of God on Sunday morning, and we are doing just fine. Look at Romans chapter 8. 8 and verse 13. Now remember, he said in Galatians, are you so foolish having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Basically what he's saying is, is that the way you got saved is because of the spirit of God and you can't perfect, you can't mature by focusing on the flesh. So here is what it says in Romans eight thirteen: For if, if ye live after the flesh, ye shall what please? die. He's talking to believers. The quickest way to kill your Christianity is you try to fix the flesh. Look in the mirror and just look at that flesh and tell them what you don't like and go back and apologize a hundred times to your wife and apologize a hundred times to your kids and apologize a hundred times to your employer, but that's not going to fix it because your flesh is just wanting to get out of temporary problems. When are we going to get a permanent solution and game plan to fix this thing and thrive as Christians rather than just going in this circle? Six months, we're good. Six weeks, we're good. One week, we're good. Six months, we're good. We're good till the finances are up, finances are down, we go back to our old self. When are we going to fix this? The Bible tells us if you try to do this after the you're going to die. But look at the wonderful words in Romans 8. But if ye 
through the Spirit, do what? Talk to the flesh. <laughs> that is not what that says. But if ye through the Spirit do what? Mortify the deeds of the flesh. Mortify simply means to kill. I am so sorry. So you know what you do? When you realize the flesh, go ahead, the, go slow. The flesh is starting. You have one or two decisions, and we all have one or two decisions. You either try, stop, you either try to fix this with the flesh, or you go back to the power source, and that is the Spirit of God that lives on the inside. This is what your downfall was. You weren't stronger than this the first time. You're not going to be stronger than this the second time. You weren't stronger than the flesh the first time. You're not going to be stronger than the flesh the second time. And for you to think, if I change my geography, and if I change my circumstances, and you're doing it outside of the Spirit of God, you're just going to get yourself in problems. It is amazing to me. You can put a 1,000 teenagers in a room, put one teenager that's about the flesh on this side, one teenager about the flesh on this side, and in a room of a 1,000, guess what those two fleshly people will do at the end of five days? They'll find themselves because the flesh radar is up. But we don't need failure anymore in Christianity. We need success. We need victors. We need the victorious Christian living that this world sees a light and this world experience salt and this world experience. Now, there's something different about them people. And I don't know what's different. It's not that we're better than anybody else, but let's find how to perform that which is good. And it's right here. You mortify it through the spirit. So you have a choice to make. You can either keep letting the flesh and try to apologize and fix this, or you can ask for help with greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. What do you want to do? No, that's the flesh. I'm, I'm going to get very bold here. You know the move he just made? Is this move every Sunday morning. Oh, I better get that flesh to the altar. And do you know what happens afterwards? The flesh stops coming to the altar. Do you know why people have stopped using the altar? It's because they've tried it and nothing changed. You want to know why? Because you're still using the flesh. Why do I need to go to the altar again? It didn't work last time. Oh, oh, oh. But when you're relying upon the Spirit of God, you know what you say? Help. And guess what the Spirit does? The Spirit's, keep your rope, go get the flesh. I just want you to pick them up gently and carry them back over here. <laughs> the Spirit mortifies the flesh, lay down, Lay down. Lay down. But guess what that flesh is going to do tomorrow morning? Get back up and that flesh is going to get back up. And that flesh is going to start all over. What do you want to do? 
Keep pulling. What do you want to do? The spirit mortifies the deeds of the flesh, kills it, lay down, you're dead. But you know what we do? We go, I did it. I did it. You and I, if we won any victories, we didn't do anything. The spirit of God did. We're getting, look at, we're getting ready to look at three words in Galatians chapter 5. That's a game changer when you're trying to live the victorious Christian life. Because this is a cycle. This is a cycle. And some of you right now, and many of you right now, myself included at time, is, is like, I get so tired of this. I, I get so tired of failing and having to go for help. One more time? Like, like one more time I got to ask? Yes! Because the Spirit lusteth to envy. The Spirit's sitting there going, I can take care of that. I, I, I can whoop that. Like, just ask me, and I'm there. I'm in. Ooh, let me. Have you ever said, let me take a shot at him? You've been there. You've heard this, and as a wife, you go, mm, if he was my husband, he wouldn't lay a hand on me. I'd take a baseball bat, and I'd know if he was my husband. And do you know what the Spirit's doing? Mm, mm. He died on Calvary. He whooped it all. The very things that you're struggling with in the flesh, the Spirit of God's going, mm, he died on Calvary. He, he already conquered that little, he already conquered that little thing right there. <laughs> I almost called you a twerp. <laughs> I wouldn't call you a twerp because that's what RG calls you. <clears throat> but you know what? The Spirit of God's sitting there going, all you got to do is ask for help. Three words, and we're done. Galatians chapter 5. The three words that we find here, 1, verse 16, walk. Walk. This I say then, walk in the Spirit. That word walk there means to arrange your path with spiritual things. That's, that's what that means. Arrange your path with spiritual things. So many times we want a spirit-controlled life, but we don't give a life of spiritual. If I were to ask you what's on your radio, what's on your iPod, well, there you go, trying to get down into my world. I'm just telling you, there's a reason why some live victoriously and some do not live victoriously, and it all comes down to what are you surrounding yourself with? You see, the Spirit of God is not going to respond, and you won't have the discernment to ask for help unless your world has the majority of spiritual walk in the Spirit. I have 12 minutes left on the clock. I may go longer. Walk in the Spirit. Listen, you've got to have stepping stones that line the path. My wife keeps bringing up husband failures, and we have a fire pit, and I did this myself, and I'm like, I, I need to put stones around there. And she had stones that went from the garage to where we take the trash out. And as a husband, I'm sitting there going, you know, um, she won't mind. So I dug up them stones, and I took them out. Man, that fire pit looks great. But that path going to the trash, that's a barren puppy right there. And every time she takes that trash out, I mean, excuse me, every time I take the trash out, um, it's like, when are you going to put back them stepping stones? 
do you know what we don't do? We, why am I always failing? Why can't I get the Christian life right? I think it comes back to this question. Do you walk in the Spirit? What is your music like? What is your entertainment like? What are your friends like? What are the people around you? If they're not spiritual, and if they're fleshly, then get ready. The flesh is going to win. But if they're spiritual, if I could illustrate it this way, um, Levi, could I use you? I am so sorry. No, I'm not. What am I sorry about? And uh, the long boys, if I could use you, you guys come on, get on this side of the rope. Y'all going to be fleshly. All right, come on, I need your best yo dog. And uh, you got it. And uh, Miss Plant students, amen. So <laughs> get up here on this side. Hurry, 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 hurry. Just get up on this side. There you go. Underneath. There you go. Underneath. There you go. Grab the rope. Grab the rope. And uh, just say, be fleshly. Be fleshly. Just say to him. And all of a sudden, did it break? Oh. There you go. Tie it up. Help. (laughs) Be fleshly. Here's why. We wonder why we leave church and can't live the victorious Christian living. It's because we get in our truck and we play our country and western music. Let's just get honest. We play, play this ungodly stuff and we surround ourselves by audio books that have nothing to do with God. And um, then we do all this kind of stuff and we binge the flesh. And then we wonder why we're not living the victorious Christian life. If you are in this spot, keep going. If you're in this spot this morning and you're like, whoa, you're, wait, you got a video camera where I live? You've been looking, you're sitting in the back end of my truck? No, your Bluetooth didn't connect to me and I'm not listening secretly to everything going on. Understand this, it's a given. If you're not winning the victory and you are saved and you're not winning the victory, it's because you're not walking, you're not stepping stone, you're not surrounding everything you have with spiritual things to make you sensitive to the spirit. That's why every parent, I would encourage you, go through your children's phone, go through your children's songs. You say, I trust my child. I trust your child too. I just don't trust the world. A non-spiritual child is because the flesh has more help. But here's the greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. There is not one worldly fleshly thing that's not already been stopped that's not already been conquered at calvary only thing we need to do is ask for help okay just go along and thump them guys just just thump them guys lay down let go of the rope go go down go down go down go down go down and now go back the spirit did it but here's what happens we don't replace it and we are like the parable to where he swept that house y'all with me he swept that house looking good what does it say in there he's seven times worse why are our young people in good churches like this i'm not talking about our church necessarily i'm just talking about churches in general they struggle with this how come our seniors are not more spiritual than our seventh graders at times come on let's get honest it's because we think because they can look at us eye to eye well they must be responsible they can't even clean their room they can't even do their homework and you think they have the wherewithal to say no to the flesh of the world don't because you haven't bathed them in 10 years doesn't mean they don't need a spiritual bath 
The flesh is real, people. And what these kids are going through is they're awakening to a world that's worse than the world you grew up in. But we don't want to be the bad guy. We don't want to tell them no. Don't you see why I like these kind of sermons? Because they teach themselves. It, it, the, the world, the, the, the flesh is real. So guess what we do? Stand up. Stand up. Go that way. Go. Go. I know the solution. The solution is sending them to camp. That's it. That's my salvation. Let's get them to camp. Let's get them to teen convention. And let's watch the Spirit do something. Stop. Newsflash. The Spirit will do something. I just got done preaching a week at camp in Alabama. And I am telling you right now, right now, that I saw 17-year-old young men break and cry like a baby. You want to know why? Because it was one week of, nope, can't bring your cell phone. Nope, leave that at home. Nope, leave that at home. We're going to the woods in Alabama with no reception, and we're going to get in the middle of a field while it's hot. We're going to play kickball, softball. We're going to eat hot dogs in the cafeteria. We're going to come back into the gymnasium and sing the glory of God. And they're sitting there going, really? You know what? The Spirit of God was not allowing the flesh to reign and rule. But we need victorious Christians, not revival Christians. We need victorious Christians, not camp Christians, not convention Christians. Churches need to start stair-stepping up, not going in a circle. If we never held another revival, could we still be spiritual? That is the question of the day. And if you really want to turn an evangelist loose, don't make him have to mop up sin. Make him be able to come in and tell us about the glories of God. Brother Hicks, you would, have, you would agree with me. When you've got to get down and get dirty, your name's mud and you're done. But if they've already cleaned up, then you get to preach about heaven and the glory of God. Y'all, that's what we want. So how does this work? You have to walk walk surround your life if you right now are surrounded with this ask for help come knock them down come knock them down i'm about done come just get rid of them and then once you have taken away the provisions for the flesh quoting scripture now the provisions for the flesh get that get that out stretch out just stretch out then you add spiritual brother benson brother long brother plant can I get y'all bring your Bibles? Bring your Bibles. Then you add spiritual. How do I live this victorious? Walk in the Spirit. You guys just sit there. Come on, Jake. Grab it. Walk. Surround yourself with spiritual. Y'all quote Genesis 1-1. Go ahead, you three. He don't even know. And uh, <laughs> All right, stop. This is where you're walking in the Spirit. The less flesh, more spiritual. Clean up your music. Make it hymns, songs, spiritual songs. Make it godly. Start binging on the spiritual. Cut out things that are feeding the flesh. Then the second word I want you to take note of is the word walk. Look at verse 18, but if ye be led of the Spirit, very interesting phrase right there, ye are not under the law. 
Oh, let's bust on it just a little bit. Well, you live that life if you have to. That's a cult down there because you have to. Not if you're surrounding yourself with the spiritual because now you're led. Did y'all hear that? Isn't that a wonderful word? And now the sensitivity is there and you are led. And even if the flesh starts pulling back that way at a moment, go at a moment, and the spirit starts the moment that they start tugging back this way, you're easily led. When's the last time on your own, individually, at a moment, you were convicted by the Spirit of God that you had to turn around and go fix it? Well, they didn't mention it. Nobody preached it from a sermon. Aren't we tired of waiting on the preacher to preach it before it becomes something you need to take care of? Whatever happened to the Spirit of God? How do I live this victorious Christian life? You live it by surrounding yourself with the spiritual. That's You walk in spiritual. Then you're led. Then look at this last. This last word is incredible. Look at verse 25. If we live in the spirit. You know what that means? You now are living in what you've been walking in because the very last, but if you live in the spirit, let us also what? Walk in the spirit. It closes the gap. I've given you a lot of information this morning. Just know what I'm about to tell you. That the more the spirit of God reigns in your mortal bodies, let not sin therefore reign, Romans chapter 7, I believe. The more that the spirit of God reigns, the more this becomes addictive. And all of a sudden, just start going this way. Keep going. Let's go to church. And all of a sudden, church? Did, did somebody say church? How many remember the days, and Brother Winters, you'll remember this, Brother Fisk, you'll remember, you, you know, back in the days, if you knew there was a revival meeting going on two hours away, two and a half hours away, it was like, let's go to revival. You would drive two and a half hours, be there for an hour, drive two and a half hours back, you'd spend more time on the road than you would at the revival. Not so today, because the world's at our fingertips. I know this is foreign Baptist Bible preaching, but somebody needs to say it. The reason we're not having a revival is not because God's not powerful. The Spirit's not greater. The Word of God is not what it needs to be. We've just surrounded ourselves Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday with the flesh. And then we come into church on Sunday and go, wow, how come nothing's happening in the church? So then we start picking churches like we live during the week. We start picking churches like we've already been living during the week. That, my friend, is not spiritfulness. But I'll tell you right now, I love church. I love the book. I love singing. To hear the family sing, to hear Brother Winter sing, to hear y'all sing, to baptize people, for someone to say, church? Man, let's go get it done. So what it says is, is when... You walk in the Spirit, then you're led of the Spirit, then you live in this world. And this is where you want to live. This is what you... Because even if you do get a little backslidden, stop, and all of a sudden the flesh starts pulling you back, then here's where people drop off the radar. Because you do that long enough, keep going then you drop off, 
and you drop off, and you drop off, and then they come back in, and things you used to give up when you were 19 and a teenager, now you're going backwards. I think they call that backsliding. So what is the secret? Ask for help. Let the Spirit mortify the deeds of the flesh. Surround yourself with spiritual. You then will start being led of the spiritual. You're sensitive to the Spirit. And then you start living in this kind of world. All of you can have a seat. I have taken up your time this morning, and I appreciate you all very much. And I'm not saying this because you are members here at Emmanuel, and I'm a pastor. I am saying this morning, you have been very delightful to preach to. If I had one heart's desire outside of salvation, it would, it would be for people to experience victorious Christian living. And I think the only one that knows how to get you there is the Spirit of God that lives on the inside. And if everyone would become sensitive to the Spirit, I'll end with this. You were sensitive when he told you you weren't saved. Are you just as sensitive when he tells you you're not living like you're saved? How do I get here? By not on purpose doing those things that cost our Savior his dignity on Calvary. They stripped him before the entire world. He hung there in open shame. He became what you and I were spiritually. And I know sometimes that we're not all we need to be, but where's that sensitivity that says, boy, I don't need to be living this way. The problem in Galatians was they were moving them off of how they got saved and telling them salvation is of Christ, but it really doesn't matter in the flesh. It does matter. This is where problems pick up in families because we don't let the Spirit. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast of the sermons from Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. We trust that the sermons and God's word was a blessing to you and yours. Please visit us at ebclongview.com. If we can do anything for you, please let us know. Have a great day.